Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money FM 89.3. It is drive time. Elliot Dankin, Timothy Go and Chua Tian Tian. Now time for Market View, where in a while we'll talk a little bit about REITs. But first, a recap. Closing bell. Well, here's how we started the day. Well, Singapore shares opened stronger today following overnight gains on Wall Street led by a rally in tech stocks. So in early trade, we saw the Straits Times Index inching up 0.4% to 3,187 points after some 91 million securities changed hands in the broader market. Now, let's take a look at the closing numbers. The benchmark Straits Times Index closed up 0.21%. We're looking at 3,180 points. In terms of value turnover, that's $939 million. The gainers outnumbered losers, 327 versus 200. Top advances for today, GMHUSD, New Incorporation USD and AEM USD. And the top decliners, we have UOB, Ascend Bridge and Shangri-La Hong Kong Dollars. Now, in terms of companies to watch, we do have Sabana Industrial Read and that's after activist investor Quartz Capital declared that the trustee of Sabana Read, they should take no more than three to four months to do the preparatory work required to set up a new internal read manager. Now, elsewhere from Nvidia's forecast busting earnings to City Research increasing its target price on Grab, we've got more international headlines and corporate headlines in focus. And joining us on the line is Terence Wong, CEO of Azure Capital. Terence, welcome to the show. Hi, Tintian. Hi, guys. Great to have you on board. And let's start with the Singapore stock market as usual. How did the STI fare today? Any surprises when it comes to the biggest movers? Well, the Singapore market didn't budge as much as you would expect. Uh, you know, uh, as you mentioned, Nasdaq was rallying up 1.6% on the back of you know strong guidance from NVIDIA. And also the PMI numbers were relatively disappointing. And this is, you know, back to the good old days where bad news for the economy is good for the stock market. Mm. right? So, so Nasdaq did well, the US did well. But Singapore, we tried a little bit at the start of the session. We jumped up. Uh, and that was it. It's sort of like flatlined through the whole, the entire day. Uh, the bulk of the gains really just coming off uh, at the start of the session. Uh, and uh, I, I think that, you know, like on many of our discussions, our conversations, I've been always saying that Singapore is a value market. Mm. And right now it's showing how value it is. You know, as the, the tech-heavy, tech-laden indices globally are jumping, Singapore uh, have seen a relatively flattish, lackluster performance. Mm. People tend to refer to Singapore as the REIT capital of the world as well. And today we're talking about Sabana Industrial REIT. Uh, do, you, do you foresee any teething issues there? I mean, how, how would that affect trading of its units on the SGX? Uh, we're talking about what, the internalization or... Uh, with regards to internalization for for Zabana, right? Or expect because that's been in the news for you know uh, quite a long time right now. There's a lot of ding donging, the fights and all. Well, uh, up to now, almost I mean I mean all the S reads that we see are externally managed. There's an external manager model. Uh, the only time that there was an internalization, uh, there was in uh, the, the manager was being internalized was in August 2016, and that was not a REIT. It was actually a business trust known as Creases Retail Trust, uh, Japanese-focused uh, retail mall trust uh, that you know listed I think circa 2013-2014, uh, and and shortly after it was internalized, 
the manager was internalized. It was taken over, it was acquired by BlackRock in 2017 and delisted. So that's the only example that we could see. Uh, but this one uh, is a lot more contentious. Mm. Right, and how uh, it proceeds with this uh, process will, will, I think, will provide a blueprint for future internalization uh, within the sector. And uh, there, there's some obviously some teething issues. Uh, one of them is that you know unit holders have to approve a change in the REITs trustee, uh, which would require a 75% threshold. Uh, Sabana's REITs uh, debt covenants may also be triggered. Uh, give uh, higher financing, uh, leading to higher financing costs, and uh, they may have trouble retaining key staff uh, from the former REIT manager. Of course, um, now uh, they are asking them to hang on and stay behind. Uh, as such, uh, I believe that there will be a volatility when it comes to the stock uh, in the interim, and uh, we could see, you know, like uh, even trading hot of many trading hots, you know, in between as. Uh, as they decide on what to, how to move ahead. Terence, about this activist investor Quartz Capital declaring that Sabana Reed should take no more than three to four months to do all that preparatory work required to set up this internal Reed manager. How do you feel about that timeline, though? Uh, ambitious, but uh, I like, like I said, there's no precedent. And Quartz being uh, having, you know, I I think they would have made this uh, considered decision, right? And and they probably have like gone through the rigorous day. They're probably in a better position to advise uh, or, or to actually give a view on that. Okay, and elsewhere, Terence, let's take a look at Grab because City Research has increased its target price on Grab to uh, 5 US dollars and 20 cents because uh, Grab reported narrowed net loss of, uh, I believe, 135 million US dollars for the second quarter. And June, do you agree with this assessment though? Well, I do agree with the upgrade. Uh, the first half numbers were relatively strong. I, I think that beat uh, some numbers on the street, and and you can see that the losses are actually narrowing. In fact, uh, this self results actually put Grab in a better footing to break even earlier at the EBITDA level, perhaps at the end of this uh, fiscal year. And look at the metrics like its delivery segment GMV uh, that grew four percent year on year, which which I thought was quite credible, mm. uh, as it grew the unlimited subscribers by forty three percent year on year. Deliveries margins also hit an all-time high with adjusted EBITDA to GMV. I know it's a mouthful. Yeah. EBITDA to GMV mm. margin at 2.7%. That's mm. uh, slightly better than first quarter and like I said, it's already a record. Uh, importantly, this the mobility segment showed strong jumps in GMV and mm. revenue uh, in the second quarter, I think to a tune of 28-29%. As the region's active driver supply grew to capture tailwinds from Southeast Asia's uh, tourism uh, recovery. Uh, my outlook for, for the shares is that uh, definitely in the short term, market could still be willing to place a bet on the share price to recover following the sell results. Uh, after all, the, the share price, you know, has really been down 70%. Mm. And year to date, it is up 7%. And that's all thanks to yesterday's uh, big jump. It went up 11%. So, mm. so, as if, uh, so like two days ago, it was still in the red year to date. 
And speaking of record, right? Uh, we can't we can't run away from Nvidia, Terence. Record smashing results. Some say Nvidia's gobbling up profits from that AI boom. If we look at net income in the second fiscal quarter ending July, that came to six point seven billion US dollars, which is four hundred over percent on year increase. Uh, questions though, are stocks overvalued? Looking at Nvidia's latest performance, also mind boggling numbers. Eh? Uh, for Nvidia, its share price. Uh, it's inching closer to its all-time high of uh, $516. Mm. Uh, momentum could very well lead, uh, lead this stock to test uh, higher highs. Of course, uh, if you look at the numbers, you'll be, you'll be a little bit scared, right? Yeah. Uh, it's trading at price-to-sale multiples of 40 times, trailing P of 208 times. Uh, of course, if, if you look at this year's numbers, it would have been a lot more palatable, mm. but it is still very, very expensive. On a fundamental level, NVIDIA earnings are expected to return to growth. They should more than double this uh, fiscal year, and that's mm-hmm. driven by booming chip sales for data center centers and AI. Uh, fabulous chip maker, this fabulous chip maker is uh, expanding in other growth areas, mm-hmm. such as automated electric cars and cloud gaming as well. So, yeah, and, and if you look across the chain, all those NVIDIA uh, suppliers, uh, those in Taiwan, you know, they've all gone up and they've all done well. I, I think those in Taiwan, it's, uh, it's suppliers have gone up anywhere between 40 and 300% year to date. So not too shabby. Um, and, uh, but overall, if you, if you look at the numbers, uh, it may, if you are trying to pile in right now, you, you know, you may, you know, you may be hit. Uh, mm. Because, you know, looking ahead, uh, people may be looking at the valuations and, uh, that, like I said, is uh, very, very lofty. But that seems to have lifted sentiment towards tech stocks um, recently and today as well. And not to mention that Nvidia believes that it is undervalued as buying back shares, uh, $25 billion US dollars of share buyback, right? How would you read into this? Well, like, like I said, uh, all these are big numbers, uh, but they have <laughs> raked in like significant yeah. amount of money. Uh, share buybacks in the US have always been uh, a good way to actually like, boost shareholder returns. So um, that could help in a while in the short term, but overall, like I said, uh, when uh, when the markets start to get wobbly, uh, they'll take a look at the valuations, and if the valuations continue to be lofty, uh, no amounts of I think share buybacks will help to, or it, it will do little to actually like prevent it from sliding. Mm. But one thing though, uh, Terence, is what we've been hearing from industry players. They see that the GPU units that are sold by NVIDIA, they are not optimized for AI functions. And uh, NVIDIA is the market leader because its GPU are the only available products for those functions. It's not optimized though. So do you foresee NVIDIA's dominance in the AI scene to be erased once uh, more optimized solutions come in? Well, considering, uh, you know, I, I have problems even figuring out how to... Uh, use my Excel spreadsheet. You know, asking about <laughs> GPUs may not be so appropriate, uh, but, but let me try to uh, decipher this rocket science question. Uh. Yeah. If Nvidia's uh, A100 or H100 chip, uh, that, that is pretty much the de facto workhorse for AI professionals at the moment, mm. right? Um, and I, I suppose that would mean that uh, given that the market share, I think it's about 95%. Yep. Right, that that's significantly high, and I believe that uh, these guys uh, probably know a lot more than I do, mm. and uh, which it indicates that you know the competitors are still uh, lagging behind. Uh, and even as we are speaking, uh, I've read that you know they've got this new chip, the GH two hundred. 
which has the same GPU as the company's current highest-end AI chip, but with better specs, uh, and that could actually help uh, bolster sales. Mm, and perhaps, uh, I don't know, behind closed doors, there might be more in the pipeline as well. Uh, but let's take a look at the wider market environment or investors looking to that Jackson Hole Symposium kicking off today in the US. Fed Chair Jerome Powell, European Central Bank's Chief Christine Lagarde, they are set to speak. Uh, how far do you think we can get more clarity on the Fed and the ECB's rate path? Well, possib- I, I think there's a possibility. Mm. I expect Fed policymakers to err on the side of hawkishness uh, at this uh, symposium. Mm. Uh, I also believe that you know they'll discuss things like how the Fed needs to prevent uh, financial conditions from easing, uh, and they also prefer to avoid, and I think they will say they prefer to avoid any more rate hikes if possible. Uh, Fed also touch on uh, recent uh, rise in treasury use, which uh, reflects improved growth expectations, as fears about recession have subsided, uh, and as inflation data continues to show improvement, uh, and survey-based inflation expectations have also fallen. So uh, all these, I think, uh, are some of the bigger topics that will be discussed at, uh, at Jackson Hole. Well, lots of things going on this week. Thanks a lot, Terence. That was Terence Wong, CEO Azure Capital. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Thanks so much. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.